Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. In on the breakaway, McDavid! Honestly, it's just impressive. I don't think my English is good enough to find another word for it right now. And the century mark has been achieved in game 53. It solidifies he's one of the top players to ever play the game. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. McDavid, 500 points! I'm James Neal. Start on theirs. They're trading heavy leather here. Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl, one-timer from an impossible end. Years are still ahead here in Edmonton. This is Mike Smith, Jar Carroll. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. Yes, the Pulley Army back barring in. Save made by Smith. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. The Edmonton Oilers clinch the playoff spot. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. saw that song performed David Letterman's show and the reverence that uh, David had for that hit from back in the day. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer back in the fold. Special thanks uh, to Brendan Escott uh, for manning the booth on Friday and Monday's show. Uh, has uh, missed the first two since August. It's been a while. But uh, back at it and happy to get after it. Lots to get to on today's edition of Oilers Now. By the way, the song Wildfire, it's, a, it's about a horse. Songs about animals, you know, makes you think sometimes. Uh, I can have a little bit of fun with that at any time. Uh, but that is uh, certainly an old school classic from back in the day. This is Oilers Now. It is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. By our lease, your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. On today's show, it's a Tuesday. 
Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing back at Century Mile Friday and Sunday evenings. Limited fan access, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time, 6.15. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Lots to talk about today. Ashley Fine Floors, update those old floors with your one-color engineered hardwood for only two ninety nine a square foot. Head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more. And uh, you can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at River Cree Resort and Casino. Back up and at The hotline number is 780-496-0063. The patio open daily for all ages at the River Cree from 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. You can watch the game on the biggest screen in town. They've got daily drink specials and an upscale casual menu. The River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Edmonton Oilers wrapping up uh, pro scouting meetings. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday last week in Vernon. Today's top story presented by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Get your AC today with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. It's interesting about perception at times versus reality. And full disclosure, as much as, you know, for the last decade, I've had the privilege of hosting this show called Oilers Now on 630 Chet, predating that was... uh, Oilers lunch on another station, and then before that, total sports. Um, the one thing that has always needed to be uh, stated is successful organizations have a cohesiveness in their approach. And, uh, uh, you know, we have David Staples on the show from the Cult of Hockey every Wednesday. Love having him on. Uh, this is a guy who's been covering the ongoing situation uh, with the pandemic. And occasionally we delve into some of the philosophical approaches are out there. And we have people that listen to the show and love the Edmonton Oilers that are would consider themselves far left wing and perhaps uh, are not of the, uh, you know, are, are not necessarily risk takers. They like security in their life. And, and then we have people on the far right of the spectrum that uh, – you know, have been impacted substantially in some cases, people on the left and on the right. And and everybody has different perspectives on how they see things at times. And this all ties back into sport when we get back up and at them uh, with the National Hockey League full fans. I mean, we're watching the games down in Vegas and Tampa Bay and what a difference it makes. Or even if you watch the Euro and the games, as an example, out of Hungary and seeing unmasked fans together as, uh, you know, the province and Jason Kenny made their... A uh, point about the 70, you know, we're in phase three starting July 1st. And, well, the the province is going to lift its man uh, mask mandate at that time. And what's the city's going to do? Uh, we have a little bit different philosophical approach with the respective leaders of the two cities. Will they delay unmasking? Do we unmask how NHL organizations work? And, and back to David. He wrote a piece about the Oilers Pro Scouting. And I've always found it interesting because I, I don't know uh, first of all, when a new regime comes in and it's less than two years working together, how quickly you can truly evaluate the work of the pro scouts. How much impact do the pro scouts actually have or input? Like, does a, does a head coach have more direct input with a general manager? Um, I'd like to think that, you know, I, I've been able to, to glean and gather a fair amount of perspective over the last, you know, decade, last 13 years working for the Oilers Entertainment Group. Um, 
you know, we're two years into the Ken Holland era as a general manager of the hockey team, but Archie Henderson, who's the head amateur scout, or sorry, head pro scout, he didn't really get started until after free agency in 2019 with the Edmonton Oilers organization. And then when respective decisions get made, it's entirely possible, and I can 100% guarantee you this, it's entirely possible that the scouting reports from the pro scouts would be negative on a player, but a coach would want to go ahead and do the deal, and the general manager would listen to a coach. Or the general manager just decides to do what he wanted to do. I remember when the Oilers traded uh, Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner. I know that there were coaches that did not want to do that deal. And that was a sign to me that the coaching staff was in trouble at that time, that Pete Chiarelli went ahead and did that. It's interesting with Peter Peter Chiarelli because when he came in, many of you who had been open critics of the organization, and when when you struggle away the Oilers have, there's going to be critics, comes with the territory. Many of you wanted Peter Chiarelli to have autonomy to make his own decisions. Well, I know enough about Peter's personality to tell you he wasn't listening to a lot of other people. Peter was making a lot of his own calls. And uh, there's some people out there to this day that want to tie Shirelli's decisions back to Bob Nicholson. And I'm not free-passing Bob here. I'm just telling you the way I believe it to be. The reality of the situation is Bob might have been the president of the overall organization at that time, but there was no appetite for a lot of meddling when Shirelli came in. Most of you wanted Shirelli. He came from Boston. He had success building a big, heavy team in Boston. And he went down that path with the Oilers as well. And uh, I remember a prominent assistant general manager telling me in Nashville during the 16-17 season, you guys might be building too heavy of a team here if you don't watch it. So you never, I, I guess what I'm saying to you all, when it comes to pro scouting, you know, it's, it's a lonely job for a lot of those guys. Uh, they get paid okay, but not great. Lots of people would like to work in hockey. But it's really tough to gauge who inputs one decision? Like when Brandon Manning and Alexander Petrovich were acquired on the same day, I'm not sure that everybody in the organization was 100% thinking that was going to be the solution. But if you're Ken Hitchcock, who was coaching the team at the time, and you're down a couple defensemen, you're thinking to yourself, we got to get some help here. you got to do something. And as it turned out, those two trades did not work out for the Edmonton Oilers. I doubt that pro scouting was overwhelmingly in support at that time of doing those deals. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting because it's a microcosm of a bigger challenge. How do you get the, co- the respective parts of the organization to all pull on the proverbial rope the same way? And it's, you know, you, you have a coaching staff, and they want things in the here and now. You have management who has to work in concert with the coaching staff and sort of interlay things so that you have some form of organic growth, which is necessary during a cap system. You can't just make trades and sign free agents and address all your weaknesses. There was a piece written, said, I'm going to go back to the call to hockey. I mean, we have David on the show, David Staples, every Wednesday. If I could have Kurt Levins on the show, I would. But Kurt works for a different radio cluster. He works for the Patterson Group, uh, one of the wealthiest men in Canada, by the way. I think he's worth about $8 bucks. not Kurt, but uh, Jim Patterson. And 
Kurt wrote a piece and talked about the fact that several different parts of the organization have to work together. If you're listening to this show, you've probably heard me in the past talk about you can't have a disengaged American Hockey League coaching staff with the long-term plans of the organization. It can't be about necessarily 100% just winning games to the point where you're playing 24 to 27-year-old players and you're not playing you know, your 20, 21, and 22-year-old prospects in the minors. This is an area that has definitely improved in the short term, in my opinion, under Ken Holland, and also in part because of the work with Jay Woodcroft. So there is an illustration, and we're seeing that, and I guess we should include, you know, Dave Manson in that as well, because it has been some of the Oilers' prospect defensemen that have come up. At the NHL level, Here's the deal for the Oilers. Edmonton needs to improve the team. We all know that. The team came in 12th two years ago, 11th last year. They need to improve the team in the offseason. They got to, you know, we got to get the situation with Nugent Hopkins resolved one way or the other. And it's 50 50 at this point. Apparently they're grinding. Got to see what happens with Adam Larson. We assume he's going to get brought back. Probably Tyson Berry isn't going to get brought back, okay? There's an opportunity for Evan Bouchard. Well, that means the coaching staff has to be patient with Evan Bouchard, right? Some might say last year Evan Bouchard, based on training camp, should have been playing ahead of Ethan Bear out of the gate. But he hadn't built the currency with the coaching staff uh, from the year before like Ethan Bear had. So it's going to be really interesting to me to see how this all comes together, because I'll tell you why. The Oilers aren't going to magically improve and become a top eight team solely through free agency. They're probably going to have to make a trade to get at least a second-pairing left-shot defenseman if Oscar Clefbaum can't return. And my guess is we're probably 75-25 that Clefbaum isn't coming back. It's just the reality of the situation. That's my guess in the situation, purely a guess. So they're going to have to get themselves a better second-pairing left-shot defenseman. No, you can't just plug Caleb Jones in there. Didn't get it done this past year. Not. They need better than that. They need more experience than that, probably a little bit bigger than that. Uh, on the right side of the defense, you've got Larson, Bear, and Bouchard. So you're in a good spot there. That's why you don't have to bring back Tyson Berry, even though he did exactly what you needed. I'm not sure if you take a look at the free agency list for third-line centers out there, whether or not one can be acquired without doing a trade. I don't see that guy that just pokes his head out there. I think you're going to have to make a deal. You might be able to address some of the challenges on left wing via free agency. We talked last week, Nugent Hopkins, Hall, Hyman, who would you sign six million times seven years if that's what it's going to take? Free agency, you usually have to overpay. So some combination of free agency, trade, Organic growth in the case of Bouchard and potentially McLeod and Holloway all has to work together. And then hopefully you have better personnel where you can take the next step and take Edmonton from a 11th or 12th place team, by the way, with very good special teams, which is a reflection on the work that some of the coaches did. Take them from that type of team into a legitimate top eight team that should be able to win a couple playoff series and see where you go because once that happens, anything can happen. You know, it's all got to come and work together. But when you're assessing an individual unit in the organization, unless you know every situation, 
unless you know where all the bodies are proverbially uh, buried. Who stuck up and said what? You know what? 100% we should sign Kyle Turris. He's going to step in here and be a third-line center. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, when the Oilers made that deal on October the 8th or 9th, whenever free agency started last year, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I thought it could work. The guy got bought out in Nashville. He comes to Edmonton. Well, he didn't deliver last year. Somebody stepped up for him. Don't necessarily assume it's just the pro scouts, okay? Uh, their their readings on him might have been, you know, there's something. He's not the player he once was. Then again, maybe that's why he's being bought out. Just like when Brandon Manning gets acquired, don't assume that it's the pro scouts that necessarily said, hey, we should bring in Brandon Manning. Might have been a pressure applied by a coach at that time, which would have been completely justified given the injury situation with the team. So it's, a, it's an interesting one. We got the amateur draft. You know, how much of the amateur draft is tied to the scouts and how much of it is tied to development? I can tell you this. The best organizations work cohesively from top to bottom. They work together. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Okay? Doesn't matter if we're talking sports, if you're talking about a restaurant, uh, if you're talking about a bank. Well, wait, banks tend to make money no matter what, don't they? Uh, you know, the reality of the situation is, the most collaborative and, and open and cohesive organizations that don't necessarily just have groupthink, but sit there and occasionally have some diverse opinion and diverse views are the ones that end up often doing the best. Again, I think one of the things that people should be excited about is I think now the prioritization for the Oilers prospects on the farm is that their kids play. Look at what we could have happen this upcoming season just in the American Hockey League with the uh, Oilers. You could have Philip Roberg, Dmitry Samarukov, Marcus Niemelainen, Kesserling, Camp. That's like five different guys. I'm missing one. I've forgotten one. Uh, Harday who's on an AHL deal. Like, there's going to be lot, lots of young developing prospects. This is an important time for Dave Manson. And, you know, obviously we're hoping that Broberg could be ready for the start of the 2022-23 season. I had somebody suggest to me Edmonton needs to get in on Oliver ekman Larson. He's available again, depreciating value, perhaps. And I'm led to believe that the Arizona Coyotes are going to have to contemplate doing a deal similar to what the St. Louis Blues did with Ryan O'Reilly, where Buffalo moved out O'Reilly and took uh, St. Louis, moved a couple contracts out, and then a couple good pieces. The only problem with that is Edmonton's going to have to pay Darnell Nurse. And uh, Nurse is right in his wheelhouse, and some people see uh, Oliver Ekman-Larsen as a declining asset. I guess it all depends on the give and take of the matter. Very quickly, we're going to go into the Oilers Now Audio Vault. Elliot Friedman, uh, and I heard this segment uh, that Brendan Escott did uh, with Elliot as I was driving up to Jasper on uh on a Friday and made my kids listen to the uh, provincial press conference as well at 1 o'clock. But here's Elliot Friedman's latest on the RNH extension and other Oilers off-season plans. You know, if you if you compare the the whole salary uh, team's whole salary cap situation to a puzzle, how do you make all those puzzles work? Pieces of the puzzle work, and I really do think they're trying to find something. I do. Um, I think both sides. You know, Nugent Hopkins has invested a lot in this team. I, I think this team recognizes that Nugent Hopkins is the kind of low maintenance 
hardworking person who doesn't cause you a lot of problems and cares a lot about the organization. It's just, I think it's a big challenge. And, you know, the other thing, and I kind of talked about it this morning on radio in Calgary, I do think the Oilers are taking a hard look at the last two playoffs, the the miniseries with Chicago and the disappointment this year in Winnipeg. And, you know, I think they're taking a hard look at what they need to do to be better. And I, I think guys like Evan Bouchard are going to get a chance to play next year. I, I do think that's going to be important to them. But I also think they're looking at their group and saying, you know, what else do we need here? And we can't come back with the exact same situation because it hasn't worked for us the past two years. So how can we take advantage of our flexibility? At the same time in that, Nurse's number has gone up. You know, he's he had a, he had a good year for you guys this year. I mean, we all saw, you know, and I've said this a million times on the show, I think Nurse cares a lot about being an oiler, and those kinds of players are very difficult to replace. I think that the puzzle piece that's R&H, it's become more complicated this year in the salary cap world, and I just think they're really grinding to find a way. I just don't think it's easy. All right, that's Elliot Friedman. So, again, uh, grinding is the word, I'd say, 50-50, and it's understandable. Uh, Nuge uh, would likely have some interest from organizations, Columbus, Seattle, Anaheim, L.A. Lots of you would like to see Ryan resign, but there's a price point to everything. Quick text comes in on the Ashley Five Floors text line at 1226 in Edmonton. Hey, Bob, why do the orders have to protect Clefbaum if we don't even know if he's coming back? I saw a list where the league released a list of 18 players that are injured that didn't need to be protected, and he wasn't on it. Well, that's because those guys are all done, the 18 guys that are listed. They're they're basically, it's it's agreed that they're uh, career-ending injuries. Um Oscar Clefbaum, the owners will have to make a decision there. Uh, if it's me, I would not protect him. I would, I'm going to assume they're going to have the Larson deal done. I would protect Larson, uh, obviously Darnell Nurse, and Ethan Bear. Edmonton does not need to protect Broberg or uh, Philip Bouchard. Again, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Into NHL today for elite promotional marketing. Company branded apparel, products, and awards all created in-house. Shop local at ElitePromoMarketing.com. Uh, Canadians Golden Knights series shifts back to Vegas tonight for game five. They are knotted at two wins apiece, and you can hear that action here on 6.30, Chad, right after the 7 o'clock news. Uh, for what it's worth, Marc-Andre Fleury, the first goaltender off the ice for Vegas today, so read into that what you will. It's usually a sign that that would be the starter. Tampa did throttle the Islanders 8-0 on home ice last night in that other series. That's uh, quite the tone set heading into game six at Nassau Coliseum tomorrow. Matt Nieto resigned in San, uh, San Jose rather for two years $850,000 AAV and the Edmonton Oil Kings are going to host two preseason games September 11th against Red Deer and the 24th against Calgary regular season begins in mid-October uh, Phil Fear the Finn the San Jose Sharks fan says Bob you are uh, categorically incorrect Jim Patterson is now worth $9.8 billion not $8 billion uh, well there you go Twelve twenty-eight in Edmonton uh, when we'll, uh, when we come back, Mark Spector will join us. We'll talk NHL officiating. Uh, we'll talk how to build a team and how difficult it is to have an organization's team. It's management team, coaches, scouts, all pulling in the same direction. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.